to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast so you get every episode automatically every week. Be sure that you are receiving the weekly e-newsletter about the podcast also. I only send you an email once a week, no spam, and you only need to put in your email address, no other information, at nhte.net to receive it. Also, if you have questions or comments that you would like to send to me, the email address is podcast at nhte.net. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville, my guest is a singer, songwriter, guitar, and piano player who has gotten tens of millions of streams on Spotify with well over a half million monthly listeners on that platform. He has done national headlining tours and has opened for the likes of the Zac Brown Band, Gavin DeGraw, and James Bay. He has appeared on the Today Show and on the MTV Europe Music Awards. Plus, he has had songs in national ads and Super Bowl commercials. Already in 2020, he has released an EP and several singles. You've been hearing a song of his called All Day, All Night. It's my pleasure to welcome to now hear this entertainment, Mark Sibelia. Hey, good to uh, be here with you, Bruce. Absolutely, Mark. Thanks for doing this. Let's start off by having you tell the listeners all about the song of yours that was just playing called All Day, All Night. Yeah, so it's a it's a kind of upbeat, kind of pump you up kind of jam, which is a little bit more unusual for what I normally do. But it's a collaboration with uh, East Coast legendary rapper Jim Jones and uh, Def Leppard's guitar player Phil Collins. So it's kind of a three-way Zoom call situation once the whole world shut down. So yeah, that's uh, that's that's kind of the deal with it. And yeah, we put it out, and I, the response has been awesome. We just did a remix with it, and. I just had to listen to about 300 or 400 remixes of it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool the response it's gotten. Why do you say you had to listen to three or 400 remixes of it? Uh, so I, I did a remix challenge with a company called BeatStars. They're on the rise now because they just, one of their tracks uh, that came out last year was Lil Nas's uh, Old Town Road. It was created on the platform. And so uh, they heard the song and they wanted to do a remix challenge with it as well. And so they have thousands or millions of users uh i don't know what the number is but it's a lot and so we they did a contest uh for a remix and uh yeah we just we literally listened to about 400 remixes of the song and yeah wow wow well you mentioned uh the two guests that were on that track how did you get connected with the two of them that the three of you were able to collaborate on that song so my i'm i'm pretty good friends with a guy named jim jones uh he's uh was from a uh group called Dipset and Jim and I worked on his last album, El Capo. Uh, they had featured like Rick Ross and fabulous and, um, a lot of really big rappers. And I worked on that record a lot with them. And, uh, and so when I had this song, I thought, man, we should really get a feature on this rapper. Uh, and Jim came to mind just cause I love what he does. And, um, so I got him on and then I thought, man, we should really get a really great guitar player on this. And so I called my buddy, uh, at Sony and and he said, you know, I was just he was like, I just signed uh, Def Leppard and uh, maybe we can get Phil and so he he sent to Phil and loved it and so he sent us guitar parts back like a few hours later, which was pretty cool. Wow, wow. 
Well, you mentioned that you collaborated with them over Zoom. How different was that to have to do it that way instead of what we're all used to when the world is operating normally? Honestly, they're both so talented that it really doesn't, it wasn't, you know, it's fine. I mean, everything I'm doing right now is over the internet. So, you know, I would say if you're dealing with someone that is a little more inexperienced, then it's probably difficult. But when you're dealing with these kinds of people, it's like, they're going to do what they do. I mean, when he sent me his guitar parts, I'm like, this is crazy. It sounds like Def Leppard. I've never had guitars raw come through my studio that sounded like this. It's so cool. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I get it. I love the way you explain that because it, the, the thought that came to my mind is, you know, what would have happened differently if you had been there with them? You know, like you said, they're going to do what is their sweet spot, what's their expertise, and you're not going to change or influence them in any way if you are in person. So, you know, let the let them do what they do and get out of their way. Yep, exactly, exactly. Well, listeners, after we finish this interview, Mark and I are going to continue talking in bonus content that will only be available exclusively through the Patreon for the show. As I've mentioned on the last two episodes, the extra audio that's put out through that, through Patreon, are turning out to be pretty hardy files in terms of running time. You're practically getting half of another NHTE episode. And what's better is this is all only five bucks a month. It gives you access to extra audio that I record every week with the podcast guest. There are currently 23 audio files up there. So Mark will be number 24, and you can gain access to all those bonus conversations by going to the show website, nhte.net, and hitting the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button to go sign up. You will then also automatically get access to all the bonus recordings that come out every week hereafter. I also do some behind-the-scenes type stuff on those in addition to the conversations with the guests. And as I said, it's all available for just 5 bucks a month. Just go to nhte.net. And use the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button to go sign up for all the bonus audio. Mark, one week after the song All Day, All Night was released, you put out an EP that did not include that song. So I wonder, why not hold the EP longer? What was the reason for releasing those so close together? You know, you kind of have big plans and little plans. So the EP was a plan that we had already had. Um, and then the, the remix with Jim Jones and Phil happened. And then we were talking to beat stars and we thought we should really just get this up now to give people time to remix the song. Um, well, it felt, you know, we had had a, it was in a Cadillac commercial and it was getting some major attention. And so we thought, let's, let's just get this up. Um, and so that's kind of why we didn't put them together. Okay. Okay. Well, tell the audience more about the EP itself, though, the title, the number of songs, where you recorded it, who you worked with on it, and other relevant details. Well, I have a studio here in Tennessee, and uh, so that EP, I think, for the most part, oh, yeah, I made I made pretty much all of it alone, except for there's one Bruce Springsteen cover, which I actually think came out very cool, um, and I did that with an engineer buddy of mine. Um, that was right before everything shut down. So it's probably the last human interaction I had I've had for the last wow. three months. Wow. Except for my except for my except for my wife and daughter. <laughs> um but uh but but we worked on that and uh yeah, it's called versions. It's probably the first of many versions EPs that are gonna come out because I'm an overthinker and an overproducer and so <laughs> I do a lot of versions of things and so that's I think that's just like the beginning of uh, you know uh, what I'm going to be doing in that regard. And tell the audience what the songs are on that EP. You no, know, I'll have to look it up <laughs> to be 
totally true. I'm telling you. I've got it in front of me, but I wanted them to hear it from you because, as you said, these are you know. So you have Dancing in the Dark on there. You've got You Are the Night, Unforgettable, and '90s. Um, but I just thought maybe yeah, you, so these acoustic, yeah, these are acoustic versions of songs that uh, have come out, um, except for Dancing in the Dark, that was totally original to that. So yeah, but those are all. Um, they're just all kind of chill versions of uh, my songs. So four days after the release of your EP, you put out yet another single that was not on the EP, and it's a song that we're going to play at the end of today's show called How Bad We Need Each Other. Later on, we'll have you talk about the song itself, but again, I'm interested in the strategy of so much music released in such a short period of time, but again, also the decision to not just put all of this on that release. Yeah. I mean, I think again, it's kind of like your big plans and your, you got plans and then, uh, and then plans kind of happen to you. And I think in that regard, like we put out that EP and then, you know, Samsung heard one of my 11 year old demos and they loved it and they wanted to use it for, they, they want to use it for an online campaign. And then, they posted online. It just kind of went crazy. So they made their worldwide campaign for the next three months. And so we wanted to make sure that song was out there, even if, even though it was just the demo. And so we put it out just a couple of days later. So in other words, you're saying that had that not taken place with Samsung, you weren't planning on releasing How Bad We Need Each Other. Well, that song has actually been out, the produced version. Um, but that version that was put out recently was just from a, like a I did a tour and I made it I made some demos I made like 500 or a thousand copies of this CD and uh, and uh, it just I never like put it out or anything it was just physical copies like 10 or 11 years ago wow wow well so again listeners we will play the song for you at the end of this episode how bad we need each other but just talk a little bit more about that mark in terms of you mentioned uh, Samsung and just Elaborate on that as well as all the success that the song ended up having across a bunch of different platforms and even charting as well. Yeah, I, I, I'm not totally, I, I don't know exactly the chart numbers, but it definitely has kind of ebbed and flowed all around the world, anywhere from number two to number 16 to number 50, or, you know, everywhere from countries from Japan, uh, Singapore, uh, uh, Brazil, like it's kind of been all over the all over the gamut just because wherever they're playing the commercial and however frequently, but yeah, Samsung called us, they heard the song and they, yeah, they picked it up for three months and I'm very thankful for that. You know, obviously it's like strange times. I don't know. You don't know how your work's going to be impacted uh, and how your livelihood and living, but somehow like this old song I wrote of like hope and people coming together and needing each other, like kind of affected people in this moment. And then, yeah, people started using it on TikTok, And so, got like several million plays on tiktok and so yeah you know you don't know how i don't know if the life will continue beyond this or if that's kind of just another another resurgence of it but it's kind of the beauty of being um you know like not a household name is that your music will always find uses that you kind of didn't expect you know what i mean Okay, but kind of comes and goes. But for your benefit, there are a lot of listeners to this show who are downloading each week because they want to learn from me and from the guests. They are up and coming performers themselves. So this, as I understood it, was a demo of yours from 2010 that Samsung picked up. So how does somebody who isn't Bruce Springsteen, who isn't Def Leppard, how does some place like Samsung find a demo song of yours from 
10 years ago? You know, I mean, for any budding musicians out there, you can look at it from a mercenary sense, but I think it's better to look at it from a human point of view. You know, the trail of connection would be that uh, I just have friends that I've made throughout the years. And, you know, I think you maintain relationships with people and they think about your music. You make some, the first thing is you have to make something with value, but then I think you got to treat people as valuable on a human level because they think of you, you know, and, and so my buddy that used to work at Sony has own company now, and he always had that song kind of stashed away and he's like a friend of mine, you know? And so it's, it, it both pays, you know, financially and in monetary sense, but it's just a good practice to tr- to just maintain relationships with people. One, it's good for your soul. And two, you just don't know who's going to think of you when. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Have you had that happen before in your music career where something came of a song that wasn't your latest release? That's my, it's basically my entire career. I'm just trying to create <laughs> things that are valuable. It's, I'm trying to, most things that I plan to make work don't really work that well. You know, I think mm. it's really, most. I would say it's really just my, my main thing at this point is to make things that have as much value as possible. I think I'm getting even better at it. So hopefully the things I'm making have even more and more value than they did when I was first starting out. Make, th- make things that have value and, you know, really try to just maintain friendships with people and, you know, if they can use my music, if they can, you know, people just think of you, you know what I mean? Wow. Wow. I'm, I'm, that, that one's definitely going to end up on the show notes page for this episode on the website. What a, what a great quote that is. And, you know, I want that to sink in with those of you who are listening that are up and coming performers that are being, Mark, would you say too intentional? People are, are, are creating something and saying, I think this is going to be the one, I think this is going to be the hit. And it sounds like you're saying, like, just create and, you know, do good work. It's definitely, good to, it's, definitely good to, it's definitely good to kind of have those illusions about yourself. But I think when they don't work, you have to like kind of look back and be like, oh, those are just illusions. You know, my next thing is going to be the greatest thing I ever create. And then you'll be, that, that will elude you as well. Amazing. Great insight. And listeners, one more thing I want to point out about that song, How Bad We Need Each Other. Uh, Mark talked about the success it's had on TikTok, uh, watched over 190,000 times on YouTube, is charted on iTunes and Shazam. So just a a great story about a song that was a demo from 10 years ago. And and congratulations, Mark. Fantastic. You you know, what, what you've been able to enjoy from it as a result of the exposure from Samsung, but at the same time, you know, congratulations on on really doing something that is just completely in service to the worldwide community and what we're all dealing with right now. It's a great attitude. Thank you. So interestingly, the song that we played at the start of today's show had gotten placement earlier this year also. We've been talking about how bad we need each other and Samsung, but Mark, talk about the song All Day, All Night and where that ended up earlier this year. Yeah, so Cadillac picked that one up for their national campaign. And, you know, I don't, you know, it's funny, I don't really like try to make these things happen, but it's just, I guess my music helps people buy things they may or may not need. Well, I did notice that on Instagram, there was a post that you had done and some folks were commenting that they had just seen the Samsung commercial and you were asking them, where are you? And people started chiming in with what part of the country that we're in. Was that kind of the 
launch phase where you were just curious, or is it just, you know, I'm just gathering information, Bruce, I'm just trying to figure out? Yeah, I didn't really know. Yeah, I didn't know where it was playing. So it's, like, kind of helpful to kind of know, you know, so I just kind of ask people where they see it, you know? How much of that is is kind of also disbelief (laughs) that you're going, my song is on this commercial where? (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. It really is crazy. I'm, I'm so thankful. You know, I grew up in Buffalo, New York. None of my my brother is a professional musician, but before us, no one was. I mean, my grandfather was also professional, but you know, they all, my father was professional, but they did other things to support themselves. So I'm really thankful. It's, it's amazing. I say it now; it sounds amazing to me when I say it in my mind. When I say it back, I hear it. Think, wow. And do you know what the what the mechanics were of how that Cadillac placement came to be? I actually don't, no. I don't. I'm just thankful for it. Mm, amazing, amazing. Listeners, I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville by singer, songwriter, guitar, and piano player Mark Sibilia. Visit his official website at com. That's Mark with a C. Plus, you can look at the title of this episode on your listening device to get the proper spelling of his last name, although I will have a link to com from the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Once you land on his website, use the icons there to engage with Mark on social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and even Snapchat. Just like this show, his music is on SoundCloud, and you can follow Mark on Spotify, but be sure to support him by purchasing downloads of his music from iTunes, Google Play, or Amazon, all of which you will find links to on his website as well. Of course, keep up with Mark online also for other news and developments. I mentioned earlier about the Patreon for this show. Check out the bonus audio, which is ad-free, by going to the show website, nhte.net, and hit the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button. It's only 5 bucks a month. Hear more from Mark Sibelia and bonus content for the previous 23 episodes of this show. And don't forget that another way you can support this show is through your regular everyday purchases on Amazon. It's no extra cost to you, so you're able to support NHTE without taking extra money out of your pocket. Just go to the show website, nhte.net, scroll down to the tall Amazon banner, and then once you click that, it will open their shopping app if you're on your phone, or it will open their website if you're on your computer. Either way, at the end of the transaction, they will kick back a small percentage of the sale to me, which helps with the expenses I have for putting out a new episode of the show every week. And I don't even know what you bought, by the way. So thanks for your support of the show through the exclusive ad-free bonus audio on Patreon or by starting your online shopping through Amazon Banner. Mark, you have more new music coming out this summer. When and what will that be? Yeah, so I've got a like a uh, almost a new album that's pretty much done. And, uh, well, it is a new album and basically done. Uh, we'll start putting out stuff late June, so... I'm really excited about it. Uh, how many songs are on it? Is it self-produced? Those types of things. Yeah, I haven't decided yet how many song, how, what the final list is going to be. I'm picking from about 15, but we'll probably narrow it down to 10 or 11. Um, might throw a couple that have been out just to, so that they don't disappear in the land of singles. Uh, a song called Summer Clothes and another one. Uh, I can't remember the name of the other one we were thinking about adding to it, but I've basically done singles for the last two years and, I was going to do this album earlier, but then my father got really ill uh, and my daughter was born two weeks before that. Um, and so it kind of put a pause on all my plans. 
for the last year, and then he passed away about three months ago, and so I'm kind of picking up where I left off a little bit uh, with that. So, and will this be a digital release only, or CD, or perhaps even vinyl? What What are you he'll thinking? Probably be, he'll probably be able to get vinyl. Uh, I think it should be able to get vinyl. It just depends. It depends on I think what makes the final selection because that will determine, you know, where the genre kind of bends and how hard it hits, and you know, if that's something people would want to listen to on vinyl. So when you talk about the number of songs that you have versus how many will end up, when I hear an artist say that a lot of times on this show, I wonder, the songs that don't make the cut, do those ever get released anywhere, maybe later on as a single, or is it, no, it's a hard decision, but they're they're just done? Definitely. Yeah, no, they, they, I, some of, even some of the songs on this will be things that like weren't released on other projects and stuff, but this is a little more concise because this is really a body of work that's kind of more tied to being you know becoming a father and losing my father at the same time in my life which was last year how difficult a process is that for a songwriter who is also an artist to put all this work into writing all these songs and then having to tell themselves these that i wrote i don't want to put on my album or is it a little easier because like you said maybe you just release them later as singles yeah i i don't really overthink till the end and i'm I'm kind of, I'm still just a little bit, uh, we'll see. I, honestly, I don't have a great answer for that question. <laughs> well, you mentioned that you are originally from Buffalo, New York, and as I understand it, left there after high school to move to Nashville. If you had to do it all over again, would you have done it that way or maybe waited longer or maybe changed some other aspect of it all? I don't think I could have done anything like I've done if I stayed in Buffalo. Um, looking back now, I think I would have just, I probably would have done the same thing. I think I would have just realized how, how crazy that was. Like, you know, <laughs> you live with your parents for 18 years. And I just literally pieced out like no problem. I wasn't sad. I was nothing. Um, now I look back, I'm like, that was crazy. But I, I, <laughs> I met really, I was fortunate to meet some really great people and, you know, when I moved to New York City, I don't know. You know, it's like I'm, I'm my, my wife and my beautiful daughter. And I, like, I'm I'm grateful for, I know, I don't, it's weird. I, just, I overthink in, in terms of walking into the future, but I don't really have many regrets when it comes to the past. So this truly was a classic case of somebody just up and moving to Nashville. I don't want to say on a whim, but in other words, there wasn't somebody Definitely. calling you there. Wow. Wow. Did you know anybody there at all when you touched down in Nashville? I knew like, I knew like, I knew like three people, uh, but um, and those were my only three friends for a long time. But now I got a lot of friends. I, I've, I've been called the mayor. I've been called the mayor by some. <laughs> well, were you fortunate enough to have some quote unquote instant success or, or are you here to testify to the people who get the idea of just up and moving to Nashville that you did struggle for a while, perhaps? I had no. I, I've had. I've had no. I've had no success. I mean, I've had moments of success, but I mean, I'm. I am. I am like. I am the prototype for the guy that just will not go away. <laughs> so I'm kind of here for everyone that feels like a failure, because you know, that you know that feeling doesn't go away for anyone. I don't think. That's why. That's why you can be really successful and really unhappy. But at the same time, you did get to Nashville and were were very kind of I don't want to say lost, but wandering around and saying, "Okay, I guess it's all on me now." Oh yeah, 
I had no idea what I was. I, yeah, I mean, I just, so I've just, yeah. I mean, my career has been a slow, slow, steady ascent. And how long has that been now since you moved to Nashville? Uh, I'm 33. I was 18 at the time, so 15 years. Wow! Wow! Like I said, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of a guy that doesn't go away. <laughs> Started to touch on this a little bit before, but. Talk about your experiences during the pandemic, both the mental slash psychological stuff that we all had to deal with, regardless of our profession, as well as the impact that it had on you music-wise, meaning did it inspire you to write more or did it discourage you from writing? And then also, you know, talk about the physical limitations, I assume, of not being able to go to the studio, not go to in-person co-write sessions, all that stuff. Um. I've worked so much by myself anyways. So it's definitely a bummer because I was really coming to the realization that I like working with people. So that's definitely a bummer, but I'm, but I'm finishing building a studio and that's going to be great. And it's pretty big. So hopefully we're going to get some nice use out of that with people. Uh, a studio as in not just for yourself, it sounds like. Uh, it will mostly be for me. I will, I will let some people use it, but I got to really like them. <laughs> Uh, so it sounds like you're saying, though, that, that the pandemic didn't cause you to make a major personal change because you were used to working from home, used no, to kind of being by yourself. Pretty close. Yeah, this is pretty close to my normal life, to be honest with you. So tell us, what is your songwriting process? Um, I just I try to get inspired if I can. Uh, I mean, I used to have a little bit more of a process. I love recording now too. So sometimes I'm kind of diving into the production or whatever, but a lot of times the best ideas just come to me and then I have to really work on them. Nothing really kind of start to finish is a breeze, but a lot of times the start, the really good ideas, they kind of come out of nowhere for me. When you say an idea comes to me and I have to start, do you literally mean like in that moment or is it one of those? Well, you know, I put it and make a note in my phone and then I get around to it sooner than later. I make a note in my phone. A lot of times I'll make a note in my phone and then I'll, and then I'll try to get back to it, you know, or then I'll be like working with a buddy, like a songwriter friend of mine. And then we'll, you know, we'll kind of hit it together at some point, but the inspiration's hard. The inspiration is hard to drum up. It just kind of come. Well, I'm always fascinated when I have somebody like yourself who plays both guitar and piano and is a songwriter because I wonder, am I overthinking it or do you, Mark Sibelia, have a rationale in terms of writing a song on guitar versus writing on piano? I just kind of bounce around, honestly. Sometimes they just sound right. If I'm looking for drama, I usually go to piano. If I'm looking for heart, I usually go to guitar. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Well, that's interesting insight because I always wonder if there's pressure that the musician puts upon themselves to say, okay, I've been writing too many guitar songs lately. I haven't written something on piano in a while. And, and they kind of force themselves in a direction that maybe comes out that way, comes out as forced. Yep. Well, listeners, I talk to you regularly about Access Vegas, the newsletter, and with Los Angeles still being shut down, there are going to be a lot of people making driving trips as Las Vegas is getting ready to start opening back up here in this first week or so of June, you know that it's a city that everybody wants to be in when not only did the NFL's Oakland Raiders move there and get a new stadium built for them, but Las Vegas is one of the cities on the list where the NHL might have 
half of the qualifying teams resume playing. Meanwhile, if you're still opting to sort of shelter in place, I was reading in the latest Access Vegas newsletter about Las Vegas magicians getting creative on social media during the pandemic. Plus, there was an item that I clicked on called 13 Ways to Still See Las Vegas Entertainers from Your Home During Coronavirus Pandemic. They also checked in with magician Matt Franco, and they even gave out six quarantini cocktail recipes for your next Zoom happy hour. And of course, there was news about Las Vegas resorts booking rooms in anticipation of reopening. All that and lots, lots more. Go to my show website, nhte.net. Click on the Access Vegas logo and put in the code BRUCE during sign up to get $5 off. Remember, what I just read is just a small fraction that was just from the latest issue alone. So this is jam-packed every time it comes to your email inbox. Go to nhte.net, click the Access Vegas logo, and then go sign up and put in the code BRUCE during registration for $5 off. Mark, back in the intro, I mentioned that you have opened for the likes of the Zach Brown Band, Gavin DeGraw, and James Bay. For those listening who are up-and-coming performers, can you point to any direct results that you saw from one or more of those opener slots, be it maybe getting booked longer on their tour or getting a booking somewhere else or simply an uptick in music sales or some other tangible benefit that you were able to realize? Yeah, I mean, I think just fans, honestly. People become fans of what you do. And then, you know, they they follow you as long as you're true to what through the, the music that, you know, they came to love, you know? So that's really the biggest thing. And is that a case of it's one of many things on the list? It's not something that you sit down to make a concerted effort or, or tell people that you're working with, okay, I really want to get another opener slot? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like a lot of times my booking agent, you know, what his strategy is uh, for booking. And, you know, especially when you can't really, if you can't tour successfully as a, solo artists like headlining it's good to get started with opening up for people because you know they're going to fill it up with their people gotcha gotcha uh any stories that jump out at you that either it was something that would benefit the listener who's an up-and-comer or something that the music fan that's listening would enjoy just in terms of something memorable that took place with any one of those man i'm trying to think i know there have been but i just what that would be at the moment because we obviously like I didn't tour last year with everything that was going on in my life and then obviously this year I'm not going to tour but I mean I can tell you I can't remember Zach Brown or Michael Franti or whoever it was but our van broke down about six hours into our trip Mm. to DC the transmission broke and so this was like probably four years ago and uh, so we had to get guys to, I think we Ubered them like two hours away. They went and picked up like a U-Haul, uh, like a, uh, uh, like a cargo thing. <laughs> and we had, we ripped it. This is all like in the matter of like having to plot out every minute to see if we could actually make it to this gig in New York city on time. We actually packed everyone into this U-Haul and we had people like in the cargo thing. We had like four people up front. It was crazy. And we, made it to New York with like 45 minutes to spare Nashville to New York with 45 minutes to mm. spare for the gig. Just walked wow. on stage and did it. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Well, you know, there's some pictures that were sent to me in the preparation for this interview where you were performing in front of 
thousands and thousands of people. I don't know if these were headliner shows of yours or if it was one of those opener slots. But what I'm getting at is, I wonder, was there a point in your career, was it very gradual where you slowly built up to those? Or was there one time when, you know, one night you were playing in front of, say, 1,300 people and the next night you were playing in front of 13,000? I think, honestly, it's just kind of the way it goes still to this day. You know, it can be that we'll play a club with 200 people and then, you know, I could play, you know, we played a stadium in Mexico City with 90,000 people. I think that was like two weeks apart from mm. each other. Wow. So very easy. But the first time you stepped on stage in front of, let's say, a crowd of maybe more than 10,000, was that just, you know, this is great, I've arrived, this is awesome, I'm going to enjoy it, or were you just completely blown away in, in, a, in a nervous kind of way? I pretty much enjoy it, I'd say, for the most part. And I, I know you know what show that must have been. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. When, when and where would that have taken place where, where you maybe played for more than 10,000 the first time? Uh, I'm trying to think of where that was the first time. Most recently was when I did a tour through Germany with this DJ Robin Schultz and we did a bunch of arenas there. And I definitely thought it was like, wow, this is crazy. Like I wrote these songs in a tiny little room and, mm. or, you know, and now I'm playing in front of like, you know, 18,000 people. So it's pretty cool. Wow. Wow. Well, as I mentioned before, we're going to close today with a song that we've mentioned already a couple times called How Bad We Need Each Other. Mark, before you and I record some extra conversation for the bonus audio on Patreon, what else would you like to add about this song that we haven't covered so far during our conversation today? Man, it's just a song about people, you know, realizing the value and the relationships with each other, people coming together. It's, you know, it's a pretty simple song. Um, not a lot to it, but it's that's, I think, what makes it beautiful. What was going on in the world in 2010 or in your life personally that made you write this song back then? Because now, it, as, as we've discussed, it is so timely. Um, but what was the inspiration back then for it? Man, I was pretty lonely at the time. I was like kind of traveling around, doing a lot by myself. And I think I was watching the news, and it was pretty, some pretty dark stuff going on. I thought, man, we really need each other, you know. And it just kind of came to me in the middle of the night, actually. But it was just like a lonely time in my life. You know, I'd left my friends and family to pursue a career. And I thought, you know, people are more, having relationships are more valuable than any success I could squeeze out of this thing I'm doing. But in a case like that, where this is something that you are feeling personally, is there any way that a songwriter, and I'm not talking about that song in particular, but is there any way that a songwriter could get someone to co-write on a song with them that it's something that they're living personally? Do they do they 100% have to just write it by themselves? No, oh, you definitely, people can help you for sure. I mean, I think that song, honestly, I don't even think, if I'm totally honest, I mean, the lyrics I don't think are like really that profound. They're just personal and they're true, you know, and they're not even, I wouldn't even go, I I would say that like as better, hopefully a better songwriter now than I was then, at least someone that has a little bit more efficiency with their words. Um, I might even write it better if I did it now, but it just is what it is and it's beautiful and the sentiment is great and, and that's kind of what counts in that moment. So you can definitely have people help you. I think the inspiration has to come from the life you're living. I mean, you know, you can't really by committee, uh, you can't by committee, this, you know, talk about something. You can't create something personal by committee. That has to come from you, but you can by committee 
decide what it is you were trying to say. Uh, I see. Or the best way to say. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so someone to come at it more from a songwriting craft as opposed to the actual message itself, the actual experience. Exactly. Gotcha. Gotcha. But for the record, though, <laughs> I, I do want to establish you must have written this entirely by yourself at the time. Yes, in 2010. I, I, yeah, I did write that entirely by myself. Okay. Okay. Well, Mark, it's been great having you on the show. Uh, you and I are going to have some fun and record some other stuff for Patreon. But for now, thank you so much for your time here for now here, this entertainment. Thank you. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar, and piano player Mark Sibelia. Do visit his official website at marksibelia.com and then engage with him on social media. So that means like his Facebook page, follow him on Twitter and Instagram. I did all of that myself earlier today. Subscribe to Mark's YouTube channel and then watch and like the videos on there. He is even on Snapchat too. For that matter, tell Mark that you heard him and his music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Remember that while, yes, you can also follow him on Spotify, the better way to support Mark is to purchase downloads of his music from iTunes, Google Play, or Amazon. There are icons for all of those on his website. You heard him talking about new music that he intends to release this summer, so keep up with Mark on social media for announcements about release dates for that. Again, Mark and I will have more conversation over in the bonus content that's only available exclusively through Patreon. There's already similar audio up there from the last five months' worth of guests. It's only five bucks a month, and it's ad-free, and that's the only place you can get it. Go to the show website, nhte.net, hit the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button, and that will take you to where you can gain access to the exclusive content. Remember also about scrolling down on nhte.net to the tall Amazon banner to start all of your shopping through them that way so that they can kick back a small percentage of the sale to help me with all the expenses I have for doing this show every week for what is more than six years now. There is no extra cost to you for doing that. For now, that will do it for episode 330. Thanks ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Mark Sibelia. This is the one he just talked about called How Bad We Need Each Other. Life is too far to walk alone You can't do it on your own It's like bare hands digging through stone And if things go down much deeper hills Even money won't pay these bills But time will show The people gonna be okay Storms are never come to stay They just show us how bad we need each other How bad we need each other In the trials of today There are signs along the way To remind us how bad we need each other How bad we need each other Shame it would be to look back on our 
Don't you know how bad we need each other? You know what I'm saying? 